Higher Things thanks you for your support. Please continue to support the work we do with youth by going to our website at higherthings.org, clicking on support and donating securely through PayPal. Your gift helps us in our mission to support pastors, youth workers, and parents in daring our church's youth to be Lutheran. Thank you for listening to the Gospel Boldly podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Thomas Limke. And I am Pastor Eric Brown. And we are uh, making our way steadily through the book of Judges. In fact, mm-hmm. almost surprisingly quickly. I mean, it's it's moving along. Things seem to be going rather well. And we get hero after hero coming up, raised by God. And things go well. Right, Thomas? Yeah. I, although I think the word hero might be a misnomer for our uh, upcoming uh, shall we say guest or <laughs> individual? I, I will admit I made that introduction with with malice aforethought. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Set, setting up uh, what where we where we will be going today. So we're going to start in Gen, uh, Judge, Genesis, uh, Judges chapter nine. Um, but anything about life, the universe, and or anything before we dive on into uh, chapter nine? Uh, the note will have been made before, uh, but. Uh, I am still figuring out this new microphone. It should end up better in the long run, but uh, hopefully the sound quality is is on par by the time this comes out and I've figured out all the bugs. And, and I will note, if I'm a little bit lower in tone than normal, that that's not Thomas messing up on the, the sound editing. That is, uh, we're, we're almost healthy in the Brown household. I, I am the worst one and I've got a little bit of a, a thro- frog in my throat, so. So if I can come a little bit lower, that's okay. So, um, but let's go on and let's discuss Judges, all right? Cool. So we're in chapter 9 for uh, Abimelech. This will be fun. Verse 1. Now Abimelech, the son of Jerubal, went to Shechem to his mother's relatives and said to them and to the whole clan of his mother's family, Say in the ears of all the leaders of Shechem, which is better for you, that all 70 of the sons of Jerubal rule over you, or that one rule over you? Remember also that I am your bone and your flesh. All right, now, now let's pause here. Uh, Abimelech, which, wh- wh- what does that name mean again? It means my father is king, mm-hmm. all right? Gives two options. So so how's it going to be? Uh, do you want to have 70 sons of Gideon, Jerubabal, roll over you? Or or should it just be the one, i.e. me? Right. Um, Thomas, are those the only two options the children of Israel are supposed to have? No, no. That's uh, kind of a false dichotomy that's being presented here. In, in, in fact, didn't Gideon say last time in chapter 8, no, we're not going to have a king to rule over you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be. So So, in some ways, you almost might call Abimelech an anti-judge or, or a would-be king, a would-be tyrant. True instead enough. Of, instead of uh, wishing to simply judge and lead and point to God and his promises and his faithfulness. I want to rule. And you know what? I've got a problem. I've got 70 brothers that are hanging around. So. Got to do something about that. 
All right, let's see what he does. This is fun. <laughs> and his mother's relatives spoke all these words on his behalf in the ears of all the leaders of Shechem. And their hearts inclined to follow Abimelech, for they said, He is our brother. And they gave him seventy pieces of silver out of the house of Baal Berit, with which Abimelech hired worthless and reckless fellows who followed him. And he went to his father's house at Ophrah and killed his brothers, the sons of Jerubal, seventy men on one stone. But Jotham, the youngest son of Jerubal, was left, for he hid himself. And all the leaders of Shechem came together, and all Beth Milo, and they went and made Abimelech king by the oak of the pillar at Shechem. All right, so he goes on a, a raid, hires some mercenaries, and not even high-class mercenaries, worthless <laughs> fellows, and and it's basically a surprise attack. They they come on up and, and wipe them out, all except one. Now, this is something that does happen quite often in history. You can get the the great tales of of famous massacres where where unexpectedly people get killed off. Like there, there are times where they take all the leaders and lock them in the church and then set the church on fire or, or the St. Valentine's day massacre, which is one I like where, where the, the one gang dresses up in cops uniforms, does a, a raid on the other gang and has them all lined up and, just, ah, da, da. and mm-hmm. they, they mow them down with Tommy guns. So yeah, that that's happy Valentine's day. <laughs> so you do get the, this is something that does happen. The, the cold blooded, just execution of people to try to consolidate your own power. Mm-hmm. And this is how Abimelech believes he should start his reign. And, you know, people are like, okay, well, you know what? We'll, we'll make him king. Where do they make him king? Uh, well, over by Shechem. Hey, he's the guy from Shechem. Yay. Now we mm-hmm. have our king. Yay. Um, Thomas, every other king that's shown up in this book, have they treated the uh, children of Israel well or have they messed with them? Uh, they have scourged them with whips and scorpions in, in, in that way. Seriously, I don't think we've come across a decent king, a, a nice neighboring king in the book. Every time you get a king in the book of Judges, it's bad. Right. So then you have this guy who wants to be king. In fact, in fact, even let's jump ahead to, to first Samuel. Um, okay. Does Saul want to be king? Yeah. Uh, not really. No, he's kind no, of more afraid of it. he runs away. Does David want to be king? Uh, I wouldn't say yes, because he's he defers to Saul. I mean, he's like, that's my king, my liege. What he, he, he says goes. He doesn't seek it out. He doesn't do doesn't do a plan. Um, really, whenever you have people who are trying to be eager to be king, they go sideways in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So again, this is this is all setting up for what's going to be coming on, especially in the. Uh, the kingdom of Israel when it finally does become a kingdom. So, but we have the the early attempt. We'll have a king now, yay! So let's see how it happens. Okay. When it was told to Jotham, he went up and stood on top of Mount Gerizim, and cried aloud and said to them, "Listen to me, you leaders of Shechem, that God may listen to you." The trees once went out to anoint a king over them, and they said to the olive tree, "Reign over us." But the olive tree said to them, "Shall I leave my abundance?" by which God and men are honored and go hold sway over the trees. And the trees said to the fig tree, You come and reign over us. But the fig tree said to them, Shall I leave my sweetness and my good fruit and go hold sway over the trees? And the trees said to the vine, You come and reign over us. But the vine said to them, Shall I leave my wine that cheers God and men and go hold sway over the trees? 
Then all the trees said to the bramble, You come and reign over us. And the bramble said to the trees, If in good faith you are anointing me king over you, then come and take refuge in my shade. But if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Now, this is a great, great analogy. This is some throwing the shade at at, at Abimelech. Um, Note, none of the trees want to be king of the trees in this story. Because Mm -hmm. why? If you're king, you're not enjoying the task that God had set up for you. Mm -hmm. If you're you're an olive tree, go go make olives. If you're a fig tree, go make figs. If If you're a vine, go produce grapes and sweetness. Oh, that sounds like something you might hear later on in the New Testament, sort of. But there's one that does volunteer, the bramble. All right, Thomas, what's a bramble? Uh, a, a post-fall reality <laughs> that sticks in your flesh, drawing blood and creating discomfort. It's nasty, evil thorns, all right? Um, as we hear in the parable of the sower, uh, some fell among the thorns, fell mm-hmm. among the brambles, you even say. And what happens to the seed that falls among the brambles? It's choked out. All right. So the bramble says, oh, if you take me as your king of good faith, uh, you can take refuge in my shade. Now, Thomas, it's hot in Oklahoma and and sunny, and and I know sometimes it's very important to have a good shade tree. Mm -hmm. So if you decide you need to plant a shade tree, um, are you going to plant brambles? Nope. Why not? Because they'll poke me. That would be uncomfortable. <laughs> Not only will they poke you, they don't make shade. <laughs> That's you ain't got true no well. shade, Lieutenant Bramble. It, it doesn't <laughs> work. So, I mean, this is this is throwing some good smack at them. Yep. Mean, look, look, the only one who would want to be king is the jerk who's going to stab you and poke you mm-hmm. and talk a massive game. So, well, let's let, let's let them continue. Okay. Now, therefore... If you acted in good faith and integrity when you made Abimelech king, and if you have dealt well with Jerubal and his house, and have done to him as his deeds deserved, for my father fought for you and risked his life and delivered you from the hand of Midian, and you have risen up against my father's house this day and killed his sons, seventy men on one stone, and have made Abimelech, the son of his female servant, king over the leaders of Shechem, because he is your relative." If you have acted in good faith and integrity with Jerubal and his house this day, then rejoice in Abimelech, and let him also rejoice in you. But if not, let fire come out from Abimelech and devour the leaders of Shechem and Beth Milo, and let fire come out from the leaders of Shechem and from Beth Milo and devour Abimelech. And Jotham ran away and fled and went to Beer and lived there because of Abimelech his brother. Now, now he does make his point, then he gets out of Dodge. Oh, yeah. Because these are, are not... But do you hear the the sarcasm here? Okay, if you've done this in good faith, if you think the proper way to reward Gideon for for all his faithful service is to basically conspire to murder his children, if you think that is the good faith way that that you should deal with your leaders, uh, well, then may good come to you out of this. Uh, (laughs) But if not, may... uh, we today might say, may, may you be hoist on your own petard. May, mm. may, you, may you choke on your own bile. May, may you get what you wanted, and boy, may it be something big and howdy for you. Eat your heart out. Right. So, I mean, he, he's saying, all right, as a man reaps, so shall he sow. Mm-hmm. And, and this, again, is 
this is somewhat common sense. I mean, this, there's nothing overtly or uniquely Christian in this idea. You could go to any culture, any you you could go to to any culture in the world and and say, all right, so uh, if you put the guy on the throne who gets there by a bunch of misdeeds and backbiting. Uh, how do you think that's going to work out for you once he has power? <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's the same question, I suppose, as one would ask to an individual who uh, steals, you know, man eater or whatever, steals a husband away, and oh, he cheated on his wife with you. Okay, I don't see anything wrong with this, you know. <laughs> well, well, Colin Cowherd, who I listen to on Sports Talk Radio, does this a, a lot of. Oh, you 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 mean you you got him to cheat with you, and now you're surprised five years later when he's having an affair? What well, mm-hmm. what do you expect? Yeah, so I mean, same the, idea. But but the problem is, and this comes up when when we start thinking about our immediate advantage and how we can play the situation to our immediate advantage, we stop thinking long term. We we stop thinking about the ramifications of our actions. We, we, we acquire power and forget that that power might then be used against us. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a common thing that goes over and over because in our lust for power and control, we do stupid things. We cry, we whine, we complain. And then when we get our way, we find out it's not exactly what we wanted. So, mm-hmm. so you've got two sons of, of Gideon left. One who is a king who has established his throne in tyranny not anointed by God, but anointed by man. And then you got the youngest son who runs away to not beer, beer, as you put it, that's better. Yeah, it's B-E-E-R <laughs> in English, but but that be two vowels. And yeah. So, all right. It's not a bad country song. He's not running off to beer or something like that. But, <laughs> but, all right. So let, let's talk about this more after the break and see how things go. All right. All right. All right. We'll be back in a bit. Sometimes after I preach, I feel the need to run away. And we are back on the Gospel Boldly podcast, and we are to the part of the show that we like to call the backwards life, where uh, we we look at a common Christian idea, a phrase that shows up in, in popular American Christian culture, and we come at it from a backwards angle and see what we can really get into with it. So, uh, Thomas, what is our idea for the day? The idea is that Christians should be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to kind of make a, I want to parse it out a little bit more because this one actually comes from my wife, Rebecca. And she she's kind of having questions along the lines of, I thought the Holy Spirit was the one who drew us to faith. So... Do we have the Holy Spirit as we come to faith, or do we only have the Holy Spirit once we're baptized? And how does that work? In other words, basically what I asked, what does it mean for a Christian to be filled with the Spirit? All right. Often when people think of being filled by the Spirit, they look for signs, demonstrations, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Oh, I have the spirit so I can prophesy. I have the spirit so I can do that. <laughs> it's not backwards. I'm gonna I'm this will be the simple life instead of the backwards life today. Ready? Okay. Thomas, how does the third article of the creed begin in the Nicene Creed? The third article see, I'm gonna have to go through article one. It's like saying a phone number. I can't give the last four digits of my phone I number without the first the three. Holy in the Holy Spirit. spirit. 
the, the Lord faith. and right, the Lord, the and Lord giver and giver of life, of life. Right, right, right. Now, so what what you have here is to be filled by the Spirit means to be alive. It it is the the Holy Spirit is the one who. I believe I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to but the Holy Spirit has called me, mm-hmm. gathers, enlightens, sanctifies, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So to be filled with the Spirit is to have life. And you have that life when the Spirit gives you life. And as long as you have life, the Spirit has given you that life and you are filled with the Spirit. So it, it, it's... We want to parcel it down. We we want to we want to often turn the spirit, especially if you live in the Bible Belt, into something great and demonstrative, where it's like, oh look, well I I have the extra proof that I have the spirit because look I I'm now speaking in tongues. Right? <laughs> no, it, it really is just life. You you have life in Christ. You 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 have received forgiveness. You are alive in Christ, and you know what. Uh, there, there are fruits of the spirit that flow. All right, Thomas, what are the fruits of the spirit? Now again, uh, uh the fruits of the spirit are these. <laughs> dot dot dot. Let 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 me turn so I can read them properly. Because again, Good I don't want to like. Well, well, I'll put you on the spot and make you like give stuff off the top of your head. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Okay. Um, Galatians, uh, five. 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, something very quick to note about that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say the fruit are, as though those are all separate, distinct things. Mm -hmm. No, the fruit is this. This is what the fruit looks like. This is what life looks like. And it's a life that is filled with with love, with agape, with, with... joy with peace with pain it's a life that's filled with christ mm-hmm. and all the things that christ does and is so basically the holy spirit keeps us and attaches us into christ that that's what it is to be filled with the spirit uh okay so that, that that's my thrust i'm gonna see if you have a a follow-up or a counter thrust to that because i, I want to make sure that i i'm covering what you're wanting yeah, I think so. And I think you, you're right to note that a lot of folks will look for mighty signs of wonder and power and, and you know, whether it be tongues or whether it be throwing a mountain into the sea as a demonstrative principle for the Spirit, as opposed to what you just read, which is what the fruit looks like. And I suppose the fruit, you could, you could just as well say, this is the fruit of an apple tree. It's red. It has meaty flesh. It's got seeds inside. They're all descriptive characteristics of the overall fruit. Would that well, and, work? And, and they're typical. I mean, when we say, oh, love, it doesn't mean, oh, it means, oh, look, <laughs> I, 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 I show love to my neighbor without even thinking about it because it just needs to get done because that's what happens. I mean, the, the, the fruit of the apple tree doesn't have to think, boy, I better work on being red today. Right, man, I better make sure I'm really juiced. No, no, no. It's what you are, O apple. Likewise, this is who you are in Christ, O Christian. You're filled with peace. You you are. You do have it. Now, does your flesh war against this and try to de-peaceify you? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But but this is what, what the Holy Spirit does. He takes the gospel 
and gives you life. He takes Jesus and gives you life. And this life springs out and wells out in you and for you. And, and the point isn't even really to be looking at how much of the Holy Spirit you have, but to be enjoying the gifts that he gives you, the, the life that he gives you. So makes sense to me. So often, okay, now I'll go backwards. So okay. often when people say, well, I, I want to make sure I have a spirit-filled life, it's because they're looking for signs and proof, things to demonstrate that I really am a, a Christian. Um, faith does not come by the outward demonstration that you are a Christian. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, the transfiguration. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Or the parable of the sower. The seed is the word of God. The good soil, those who hold fast to the word of God, who hold fast to Christ. Listen to him. <laughs> he who has ears, let him hear. So so if you want, if you're worried about proof as to whether or not you're a Christian, don't worry about what you do. Go listen to what Christ has done. Mm-hmm. That's, where, that's where faith is. That's what... I believe the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, not by my mighty actions. <laughs> no, he's called me by the gospel. So go hear the gospel. Be in the... One of the uh, former presidents of the Missouri Synod, Dr. Al Berry, would, his catchphrase was, get in the word, Missouri, which I actually like. I think it's great. We, we should be people of the word. We should be hearing the word of God because the Spirit takes that word of God and gives us Christ and gives us life and all that good stuff. Because, you know, when we talk about we, we have life, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. All right. That work? Sure does. All right. We went simple and we went backwards. That 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 should work. Every angle. Good. All right. Oh, well, then. I, well, actually, if any of you come across something that you think is really kind of a back, uh, a strange way of looking at things and you want us to do a, a backwards take on it, feel free to leave a, a note on our Facebook page or something like that, right? By all means. I, I mean, I'm I'm sure Thomas won't complain if he doesn't have to like come up with a, a new crackpot <laughs> idea every day. Feel f- we are outsourcing our crackpot ideas. Feel free mm-hmm. to help us out. So, all right, let's. Speaking of crackpot ideas, I want to be king. Let's go back to Judges chapter nine. We're going to pick up again at verse twenty-two, where something will get cracked. Uh-huh. Abimelech ruled over Israel three years, and God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the leaders of Shechem. And the leaders of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech, that the violence done to the seventy sons of Jerubbaal might come, and their blood be laid on Abimelech their brother, who killed them, and on the men of Shechem who strengthened his hands to kill his brothers. And the leaders of Shechem put men in ambush against him in the mountaintops, and they robbed all who passed by them along the way, and it was told to Abimelech. Now, now let's pause. <clears throat> Is there anything in there? That that really stands out to the modern Christian, that 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 catches us off guard. I don't think the idea of treachery and treacherous dealings catches anyone off guard per se. Oh no, we'd expect that to be just a normal matter of course. But no, it did take three years of ruling before he got his comeuppance. No, not even that. Who's bringing about the treachery? What does it say in verse twenty? Three, and oh yeah, God, God sent an evil spirit. Evil spirit. Uh-huh. This is and this is one where where it's like, all right, you, you guys want to be evil? Here you go. I'll help you out. Here, have some more evil. There, <laughs> sure. there you go. Uh, and this is one where where 
we are getting that strong reminder of of the fact that God is the Lord of history, that God mm-hmm. is in control, that 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 Satan is actually bound and cannot do things unless God allows it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you get this idea also in Job, where you have God and, and Satan talking, and ah, oh, okay, go 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 mess with Job. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there there is this God is in control and He is working His good for His people, and with the treacherous, He's with the treacherous. I seem treacherous <laughs> with the with the torturous. I seem torturous with the merciful I am merciful mm-hmm. so but so yeah this is what this this reminds me of of the times growing up when I would want something that was stupid and foolish <laughs> and my mom would tell me no and then finally my mom would say fine have it your way and she'd make sure I got what I wanted even though it was stupid and foolish oh my gosh <laughs> and I would learn in the getting of it yep. just exactly how stupid I th- th- this is all right, Abimelech and Shechem, you guys are now going to become the object lessons. Thank you. Thank you for volunteering. <laughs> Enjoy life. This is why I hate object lessons. All right, there you go. Object lesson. Here we go. So Okay. All right. So we've got we've got robbers and it's just nasty stuff. Oh, just terrible. All right, carry on. And Gaal, the son of Ebed, moved into Shechem with his relatives, and the leaders of Shechem put confidence in him. And they went out into the field and gathered the grapes from their vineyards and trod them and held a festival. And they went into the house of their god and ate and drank and reviled Abimelech. And Gaal, the son of Ebed, said, Who is Abimelech, and who are we of Shechem, that we should serve him? Is he not the son of Jerubbaal, and is not Zubal his officer? Serve the men of Hamor, the father of Shechem. But why should we serve him? Would that this people were under my hand, then I would remove Abimelech. I would say to Abimelech, increase your army and come out. All right. So what, what's going on? You got a new guy coming to town. He says, you know, I, I should be the king. And what do they do? <coughs> this, this is great. They, they get grapes. They tread them out. They go into a pagan temple and they get drunk and boastful. Because, yep. I mean, hey, what? anyone who's been by a, a party where there's been young men drinking can probably reconcile this very very easily and <laughs> oh, so yeah. so they're up in their cups and like why are we bothering with this guy serve me i mean because i I'd, I'd be better than him. i mean let him get his army man come on yeah bring it on absolutely come outside bro or whatever the cool thing is <laughs> me me outside me catch me outside catch me outside catch, catch me outside yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> i'm still on come at me bro there, there was a uh uh, a shirt that I almost bought, but I couldn't really wear it. But but it had Jesus in his arms, stretch out posture, and, and the the bottom of it said "Come at me, bro." Right, <laughs> which I thought was just like I love that shirt. I could never wear it. I love that shirt. It's funny. So all right, let, let's carry on. We got a little bit more before the break. How about that? <laughs> when Zebul, the ruler of the city, heard the words of Gaal, the son of Ebed, his anger was kindled, and he sent messengers to Abimelech secretly, saying, "Behold." Gaal, the son of Ebed, and his relatives have come into Shechem, and they are stirring up the city against you. Now, therefore, go by night, you and the people who are with you, and set an ambush in the field. Then in the morning, as soon as the sun is up, rise early and rush upon the city. And when he and the people who are with him come out against you, you may do to them as your hand finds to do. Okay, so so think about how messed up this is. All right, we should fight them in the field. Tell Abimelech to get his army. That'll be awesome. We'll have a fight. And then the ruler of the city who should be protecting the city, basically says, all right, here's what I want you to do, Abimelech. 
I want you to lay an ambush and attack my city. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you see how just th- this is nasty political infighting? This this is just horrid. A- and so, okay, now now we're we're coming up on break, but but Thomas, is this gonna go anywhere good? Is there anything noble or 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 loving the neighbor about any of this stuff going on? No, not from any quarter. This is not life. This is not life of the spirit. This is not a spirit filled life here. This is an evil spirit right then and there. So, mm-hmm. all right, let's take our break and then we will come back and we will, we will see how this all unfolds and plays out after the break. All right. How about that? And things are about ready to go down on the gospel boldly podcast. <laughs> Again, this, this <laughs> one like, Yes, let's talk about God's love first. No, today we have an evil spirit who's causing chaos, and let's look how the <laughs> chaos plays out. So, all right, as we left, Abimelech is getting ready to send an ambush and take out his would-be usurper Gaal in the middle, well, setting up in the middle of the night, going to attack at dawn. At dawn we attack, and all right. <laughs> so, 34, if you would take over. So Abimelech and all the men who were with him rose up by night and set an ambush against Shechem in four companies. And Gaal, the son of Ebed, went out and stood in the entrance of the gate of the city. And Abimelech and the people who were with him rose from the ambush. And when Gaal saw the people, he said to Zebul, Look, people are coming down from the mountaintops. And Zebul said to him, You mistake the shadow of the mountains for men. Go go home, Gaal, you're drunk. That's just a shadow, (laughs) man. This is is nasty. Oh, okay, carry on, carry on. Gaal spoke again and said, Look, people are coming down from the center of the land, and one company is coming in the direction of the diviner's oak. Then Zebul said to him, Where is your mouth now, you who said, Who is Abimelech, that we should serve him? Are these not the people whom you despised? Go out now and fight with them. And Gaal went out at the head of the leaders of Shechem, and fought with Abimelech. And Abimelech chased him, and he fled before him. And fell, uh, many fell wounded, up to the entrance of the gate. And Abimelech lived at Arumah, and Zebel drove out Gaal and his relatives, so that they could not dwell in Shechem. Now, know what Zebel does. It's not even, oh, come into the city. Oh, no, no. Oh, 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 look, I'll bring him out to the gate. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, oh. I'll let him get close enough to where he can't run away or think to hide. Oh, oh, he's coming. You better go on out there and, and meet him in the field because you don't want to, you know, like hold the gate of the city and, and force them to try and enter a choke point where you can, like, kill them off better. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, the point of having a fortified city wall is so that you can leave the city and go fight in the field against a superior foe when you're not prepared. <laughs> yeah, let me lead you. <laughs> I'd be awesome. Dude, this is this is like bro country leaders, what Gaul is. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And he yeah. gets – okay, yeah, and they get driven out. All right. So, yeah, that, that's kind of a, a fun little episode. Carry on. All right. Let's see. Mm-hmm. 42. On the following day, the people went out into the field, and Abimelech was told. He took his people and divided them into three companies and set an ambush in the fields. And he looked and saw the people coming out of the city, so he rose against them and killed them. Abimelech and the company that was with him rushed forward and stood at the entrance of the gate of the city, while the two companies rushed in, who were in the field, and killed them. And Abimelech fought against the city all that day. He captured the city and killed the people who were in it. And he raised the city and sowed it with salt. 
Now, Abimelech doesn't say, okay, I'll ju- I've just defeated the uh, usurper. No, no. If the rebellion happened in the town, uh, the town is probably suspect. Yeah, I know Zerubal did, did me a solid, let me know all this stuff, but no, 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 time to go take stuff to the town. Why? That's a solution to everything. Oh, look, there's 70 brothers. I'll kill them. Oh, look, there's, I'll kill them. Oh, mm-hmm. these people question my authority or somehow undermined it. I'll kill them. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. All right, so let, let's continue on with the killing, shall we? Yeah. The bloody, bold, bloody boldly podcast. All right, Indeed. there we go. Let's see. Okay, so he raised city, so did it was salt. While all the leaders of the town of Shechem heard it. Tower. Tower of Shechem heard it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They entered the stronghold of the house of El Barit. Abimelech was told that all the leaders of the tower of Shechem were gathered together. And Abimelech went up to Mount Zalman, he and all the people who were with him. And Abimelech took an axe in his hand and cut down a bundle of brushwood and took it up and laid it on his shoulder. And he said to the men who were with him, What, have you, uh, what you have seen me do, hurry and do as I have done. So every one of the people cut down his bundle and followed Abimelech and put it against the stronghold. And they set the stronghold on fire over them, so that all the people in the tower of Shechem also died, about 1,000 men and women. Now, note how this is different than the other combat we've seen in Judges so far. Every other combat in Judges is a matter of of something God-inspired happening, causing defeat, God routing the enemies. This is all standard, straightforward military tactics. I mean, say what you want about about Abimelech's motivation. It's like, oh, they're in a tower. I know. Let's burn down the tower. Oh, oh, they've just come out of the city. Let's chase them back into the city and and ambush them. He's exercising what you'd think would be normal, fine tactics, although I I, I think it would be better to, like, tell people, hey, we're going to burn this thing down. Here's how we do it, rather than Oh look! I've cut some wood. Do what I just did. No, well, that that's not quite as efficient. Mm-hmm. He's, but he's leading from the front. All right, there you go. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's carry on. All right. Then Abimelech went to Thebes and encamped against Thebes and captured it. But there was a strong tower within the city, and all the men and women and all the leaders of the city fled to it and shut themselves in. And they went up to the roof of the tower. And Abimelech came to the tower and fought against it and drew near to the door of the tower, to burn it with fire. And a certain woman threw an upper millstone on Abimelech's head and crushed his skull. Then he called quickly to the young man, his armor-bearer, and said to him, Draw your sword and kill me, lest they say of me, a woman killed him. And his young man thrust him through, and he died. And when the men of Israel saw that Abimelech was dead, everyone departed to his home. Thus God returned the evil of Abimelech, which he committed against his father in killing his seventy brothers. Now we do have the divine interaction jump on in. Because remember, the, the punishment was going to be upon Abimelech and the people of Shechem. Mm-hmm. And so what do you have? We have the Tower of Shechem and all the, the Shechemites getting burned. All right, fine. But now Abimelech wants to go further afield. Now he has bloodlust. Do we have any reason why he'd want to go to this place called Thebes? Which we're not quite sure where it is. It's either like, there's two places. It's six miles away, nine miles away. It's a, a neighboring town. Mm-hmm. They haven't nothing, shown up at all. They've done yeah, nothing. nothing. This, this is just stupid blood loss. Because again, a bill of answers, I want to kill things and burn things. Yay. Mm-hmm. And so he, they're running away. And then how is he defeated? Not by some counter tactic that is great. 
No, Grandma Schmidt drops a millstone and <laughs> hits him on the head. Mortally and, wounded. And he knows it's bad. Run me through so they don't say I got killed by a woman. Because, again, they all know what with Jaal and all that, the, the, the tent. No, no, I'm not going to go down like the tent pig. No, <laughs> I, I'm better than sister. You, you stab He's running on pride, running on his own arrogance. There, there's no love, no concern, nothing, just just selfish ego running. And it's like, all right, now, now we're done. We're, we, 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 all right, you, you guys wanted, you, you, you folks in Shechem and Abimelech wanted to run by treachery. Ah, well, there you go. Your, your evil and treachery has run its course. And now you get to leave everyone else alone because you're dead. Mm-hmm. Have fun. <laughs> there you go. Carry on. Do you, see how there, do you see how there's that, that beautiful, beautiful poetic justice that comes to it? Because yeah. again, if you will remember, where did the story of of Gideon start? In the wine press. And what was he doing in the wine press? Threshing. Not just threshing, threshing and milling. Okay, right. And and, uh, and and what is it that takes out Abimelech, his wicked son? A millstone. <laughs> and, and not in a mill, but up in the tower. So again, it's just like, oh, okay, everything's kind of kind of come millstones in weird places keep popping up here. <laughs> and and it's just now now it comes to rest. God God let the wickedness go on for three years, and then He brought about it an end. So, all right. Is how it, much time do we have left? Uh, let's see here. We have about five minutes or so. And I guess I should finish this last verse of this chapter. Then oh Sean. oh huh? yeah, did I cut you off? Yeah, you're oh, good. You yeah. you kind of okay. made note of it already though. And God also made all the evil of the men of Shechem return on their heads, and upon them came the curse of Jotham the son of. Uh, Jerubal, which, again, you've already discussed through. All right, there you go. Chicken has come home, Drews. Let's start chapter 10, then. Chapter 10, okay. I, I do find it interesting as I flip the page here. If I recall the, the story with uh, David and Bathsheba, how ultimately um, Abimelech becomes somewhat of a byword because you hear David reference it, in, or I, I suppose maybe it was, um, uh, what's his, his, uh, Joab uh, references it in that uh, when they have the whole thing with Uriah and David right. gets mad because they were fighting so close to the wall. What were you doing? Don't you remember Abimelech? Right. There's this right. <laughs> hundreds of years yeah. later, they're still talking about this guy that got well, killed by a millstone. Use your ranged weapons to set things on fire. Don't just walk up yourself. That's that's foolish. You're, you expose yourself. Even even women could kill you. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. All right. Okay. So, all right. So chapter 10 then. <laughs> After Abimelech, there arose to save Israel Tola, the son of Pua, son of Dodo, a man of Issachar. And he lived in Shemir, in the hill country of Ephraim. And he judged Israel twenty-three years. Then he died and was buried at Shemir. After him arose Jair, the Gileadite, who judged Israel twenty-two years. And he had thirty sons who rode on thirty donkeys. And they had thirty cities, called Havoth Jair to this day, which are in the land of Gilead. And Jair died and was buried at Kaman. And then we get two more judges. Yeah, yeah, things went really sideways with Abimelech, but but God sent two more judges, and and you know what they they you know you got twenty three years and twenty two years, so I mean you've got fifty five years being ruled, and so things simmered down for a goodly bit of time. And what do they do? Well, nothing. They just kind of kept things nice and calm, which is kind of a good thing. They, they didn't have to drive out the foreign evil king because it was actually a, 
a, a terrible native king and God took care of him himself. So, all right, well, now, now we've got things nice and quiet and calm. Mm-hmm. So I think it is interesting to see that that after after Abimelech, you things just kind of calm down again. All mm-hmm. right. The the troublemakers are gone and, and now we'll just kind of rest and enjoy life. Nice and quiet. A peaceful life is a wonderful thing. A life free of stupid drama and tyranny and all that. That's a great thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what God gives the people for a bit. All right, you've had this wild stuff going on with with, with Abimelech. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll let things be calm for you a bit. And enjoy a couple of calm decades, several calm decades. That'll be nice, won't it? Yeah, it will. So, um, however, I, I'm guessing, and we probably don't want to start on to the next one because it's starting another downward spiral. Because again, hmm. what do we tend to do with peace? Um, take it for granted, really. Take it for granted. Mess it up. Now may the peace that surpasses all human understanding. Ah, oh, well, no, forget that peace. We want to go do something else. Mm-hmm. And, and and so what you have is you're, you have the, the uh, okay. We'll close up this way. There's a reason God continually preaches his word. Why, why we are called into his house again and again to hear his love, to, to receive the, the gifts, to hear again that Christ Jesus has died for our sins and that we are forgiven by him, for him, for his sake. All right? Mm-hmm. And that's because if left to our own devices, we will go do stupid things. We, <laughs> we will take the gifts that God gives and we will abuse them. Instead of just being content to be a king, Oh, we'll be a wicked king. Instead of just being content to be who we are, we'll be greedy and go after stupid things. Yet, God remains faithful and keeps sending love and peace, showering forgiveness and love. Whew, we don't get the tenth of what we deserve. But yet, God keeps showing love. So those are thoughts I've got. Anything else you got to, to close on up? Don't get up next to any towers, I guess. Avoid the millstones, people. Yeah. <laughs> if someone asks you to come outside, make sure you stand far enough away outside the door so that the women upstairs can't throw stuff down at you and and clock you out that way. Yeah, at least if you come with a host and fire, right? That's yeah, important yeah. for sure. Don't get up. Don't 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 talk smack. Don't don't fight people. It's just stupid. All right, there we go. Anything Catch else? Me outside. <laughs> All right, let's storm the task. All right, there we go. I'm done. Nothing more. We're done. Have a great week, everyone. Have fun storming the castle.